The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States. Look here. here. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring. You're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. Great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? This guy's a serious professional. Let's talk about some serious How about hypnosis? Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know... Hello, and welcome to episode 260 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hi, Fred. What's going on, friend? How are you? Oh, I, you know, life has its ups and its downs. Yes, yes. Windy roads and dusty trails. That sounds so dire. No, I have a drink. I'm great. <laughs> That's all that matters. Hopefully there'll be enough distractions in our reviews to make it necessary for a refill. Oh, well, you know me. If it doesn't exist, I'll just make it up. <laughs> Lies. Oh, also, I'm going to the, the place of go- golf up top tomorrow so we'll see how that goes oh yeah yeah have you ever swung a golf club before um many golf clubs oh but <laughs> not like a full size thing. Not, not like this Mm-mm. well it'll it'll be a whole new world they do bring the alcohol to your little range thing and really that's all that actually matters yeah, so it it'll be a good time either way. Ooh, I just I distracted you from your introduction, so I took a sip. Ooh, <laughs> it will be a good time either way. Oh, I I believe it. <laughs> Cannot wait. The WrestleCast is a part of the CSPN. You can find the WrestleCast on the web at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe, download, and listen to the WrestleCast through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and you can also watch the illustrated editions of the show on YouTube. So, Miss D.D. Jonet, we got some news. We got um, various kinds of news. We got injuries. Xavier Woods mm-hmm. hurt his Achilles. Don't know how severe if it was the major tear of an Achilles, which means nine months to more like a year. Mm. Or if it was a partial tear, which is more like six months. But it's either way, it's not good. That's a really bad injury for an athlete, Um, especially if you like to do any type of jumping or it affects like you're pushing off. So like when Uh. you start to run or when you like want to jump or anything like that. It really affects that. My cousin actually has torn both his Achilles. Yikes. Yeah. And so. What he be doing? 
playing basketball. He did it twice. The first time he was playing basketball, like at the rec or late league or whatever. And mm-hmm. then like earlier this year, playing basketball in the yard with his son. He turned it on like 10 years later. See, this is why I don't do things. This is why I live a sedentary lifestyle. <laughs> they don't have these problems. Uh, Velveteen Dream, he's injured. Uh, I don't know what what injury he has, but yeah, he's that's why they uh, that's why he got taken out. He's injured. Mm-hmm. So, got some some people on the shelf right now, and some very key roles. So they got to do some things around those guys. We had some firings over the last week as Eric Bischoff <laughs> got fired as the executive producer in charge of SmackDown. Um, I thought that he would try to at least hang on until Vince made it to the XFL, but they cut ties <laughs> with him before we even got there. Uh, uh, it, but based on how the SmackDown show was getting, I don't know how much input he really had as far as the create creative week to week, but as much as it was getting rewritten and changed around and stuff like that, all the talk you heard about how much uh, involvement Vince had in SmackDown from week to week, you knew it was only a matter of time before something changed. So Bruce Pritchard is now taking over that role as the lead man in charge of SmackDown. So we will see how things change up going forward and it's towards SmackDown. Uh, Do you consider him a good choice? Hey, Bruce is Bruce is really good. Like he, like back in the day, he he had his hand in a bunch of cool stuff that happened from back in the day. So mm-hmm. some of the angles and stuff, I think, will be cool. But he's really like Vince's boy. So, oh. yeah. So it'll be like whatever Vince wants to do. Maybe he'll be able to to change it up where it's not so bad. Where he can, you know, keep it from being as bad as the end of hell, to, hell in the cell was. Oh yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it, it'll it'll be it'll be a wait and see thing. I don't know. Because they're putting so much into SmackDown right now. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the main eye getting show. So it's everything is hypersensitive about it right now. And uh, let me see if there's any other news. Oh, New Japan. They did a bunch of stuff this week. They uh, ended up buying Stardom. Okay. So I don't know what that necessarily means as far as are they going to start their own women's division? They're going to start their own promotion. And they also started basically a U.S. subsidiary of their company called New Japan USA. So now they've officially kind of broken their ties with ROH. And now they have, like, they're going to set up an office and have wrestlers underneath that banner here in America. And uh, they're planning on expanding their shows in the America to, like, 18 or something like that next year. They're supposed to be having a whole bunch of shows in America next year. So New Japan is starting to kind of finally work their plan to try to expand into America. 
and be more of a bigger player here in America, doing more shows, bringing more of the bigger stars over. We'll see how that works. But stardom could be coming to like a bigger platform soon, Miss Didi. Just, just what you've been asking for. <laughs> it's what I like. Yeah, it's very poignant on the uh, on this show with it being such a a monumental show. But we'll get to that later, because first <laughs> we have to let Miss Didi Janae tell you about what happened last week on SmackDown oh. on Fox. Oh my god, I almost forgot that we're first now. Because we were always first in everybody's hearts, but <laughs> now we're first on the schedule. Alright, hold on. I'm distracted, hold on. Mm-hmm. Ah, I must say, the black cherry flavor is not popping. Oh, no, no, no. the seltzer? Yeah, I would rather have the pineapple. Or the lime. The lime was good, too. But anyway, SmackDown from this week is from somewhere, don't know where. Uh, The first match of the night is Nakamura versus Roman Reigns. Roman looks for the Superman punch. Nakamura counters into an armbar and then a triangle. Roman powers Nakamura up into the gulch lift and hits a gotch. I don't know. Hits the powerbomb for two. Sammy distracts a Roman allows Nakamura to hit the snap German. There's a Kinshasa that is countered into a Superman punch but that only gets two. Roman's looking for the spear but King Corbin attacks for the DQ. We can call that two distractions in one match. Let's go <laughs> ahead and take our good sips. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to burp in a second. I do apologize. Daniel Bryan arrives and makes the save. See, told you. And so Sammy grabs him and Nakamura hits a Kinshasa. Oh, excuse me again. Disgusting. The New Day meet with Heavy Machinery about tonight's tag match. Otis brings in some pancake batter infused with protein powder. And Otis, being the disgusting trash monster he is, drinks the batter. (laughs) Trash monster. (laughs) You like it. It felt right. Who the hell drinks... (laughs) pancake batter you eat you eat brownie batter you don't drink pancake batter love yourself hopefully that God was damn. the complete because he could have got salmonella from the like made from scratch kind listen a lot of things can give you salmonella but when it's good you just make that choice pancake batter don't taste good or does it i wouldn't know because who eats pancake batter <laughs> Fucking weirdo, I swear. Anyway, Kayla interviews Corbin. He will not talk, so I guess she doesn't actually interview Corbin. Hold on. Personal creep cast moment. Feel free. Kayla looking so good. Good gracious. I don't know if it's whatever they do for the cameras on Fox or whatever. (laughs) Or her makeup combination and the color of her outfit or whatever, but she was just glowing. I was like, mm. damn, look at Kayla this week. Speaking of fashion cast and makeup, uh, I don't know what show Natty Bow's on anymore because it's not like I care. But she has been getting her makeup done professionally by like a real makeup artist. Not to shade the WWE <laughs> makeup artist, but she's actually, <laughs> she's been getting her makeup done by the guy who does J-Lo's makeup. So like, real famous. 
Okay. Real popping. Okay. And I don't know. I haven't seen the difference on camera, but in pictures. Oh, I see the difference. It's real different. Mm. He he did that. But you know, <laughs> I digress. Uh, the next match of the night is Shorty. I'm not calling him Shorty Gable. That feels disrespectful. Oh, he gets even versus, worse. Oh Lord. Versus um Mr. Perfect's baby boy. Curtis Axel. Axel takes control early on, hits a neck snap and covers for two. He grounds some things. Gable fires back and hits a sunset flip for two. He then takes out, oh, Bo's there. He then takes out Bo and gets the ankle lock for the win. Oh, yeah, he won. Was he distracted a little bit? I'd say he was. <laughs> Listen, Bo Dallas is out there looking halfway like his brother. It had to be a little distracting. Just go with it. Post match, Gable says his height makes him who he is, and he first of all, this is some little people shit. He ain't even a little person. He's just not tall. Dramatical. He said those that mock him made him look deep into himself, and will no longer be insecure because you can overcome. He can't overcome. He's the height that he is. What are you talking about? Anyway. He said he is Shorty Gable now. Well, he's Shorty G. I hate it all. <laughs> it's awful. If I were if I were him, I would be like, I am a normal sized human being, sir. You have a pituitary issue. You are not fancy. Get out of my face. Your hormones don't work right. That's why that's why his hairline abandoned him. Oh that's me. gosh. I'm petty. Um that guy y'all like joined via Skype. He talks about losing Seth Rollins on his team at Sweet Saudi Money the Fourth. Um, why is Seth not on his team anymore? Because he's got to wrestle the Fiend, and they didn't want to have him to do the double duty. Oh, interesting. Seems like they should have thought that through a little better. Everyone wants to be on his team, and he includes Shorty G and Ali. And at the end of the show, he will announce his new Capitan. Um, sure. Next match, The New Day and Heavy Machinery versus The Revival, Ziggles, and Robert Roode. Otis tags in, runs wild, taking down all the heels and clearing out. He no-sells the chops, he dances, and he hits some suplexes. The Caterpillar connects. Uh, next, Otis catches Dawson, and Dolph takes out Tucker as The Revival attack Otis. Big E tags in and the midnight hour finishes it and that's that. Uh the bit the midnight hour is the new day's move. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the face is on. Yay. Daniel Bryan is interviewed and is excited to tag with Roman against Nakamura and Corbin. There's an Ali video package. Oh, hold on. Net uh-huh. Now see this is where WWE is just like so out of touch. <laughs> like in the summertime that shit was working these video packages was mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that you done beat Ali to dust it doesn't work no more don't nobody believe oh, yeah. in none of that he be talking yeah cause it was like he was like the real life superhero but then he lost so like are you trying to make it like he's um Batman from when he came back from exile like is that what we doing? I guess. But you want you ain't gonna do it right. So why don't we just not do that? Yo, you know what's a good trash movie? What? 
the all the expendables. <laughs> like just unrealistic old men doing a whole bunch of shit. It's great stuff. Love it. I love action movies. Yeah, they're good. They're good for eating popcorn and drinking soda. Yeah, the more unrealistic, the better. <laughs> oh, you know a movie I hate? Transporter 3. Oh, I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. The girl was the worst. Okay. She was Russian. It's it's connected. I got you. She, she was out here like a redheaded Lana. So annoying. <laughs> See, I tied it back to wrestling. You're welcome. Anyway, Ms. TV. Bailey has new theme music. And she is accompanied by Sasha Banks. The Miz welcomes them to the show. Talks about Bailey winning the championship last week. Banks puts her over as a Grand Slam champ. As Miz runs footage of her shocking behavior last week. As well as footage from shocked fans and the crying babies. There was a picture of this little biracial butterfly child crying. And I was like, if you don't get out of here with your first world problems. <laughs> he was like. Like 11 years old. Like, fuck out of here. I guess I shouldn't feel bad. At least he ain't crying over, like, Baron Corbin or some shit. Lisa get has standards. Uh, Miz asks her why. And Bailey says she doesn't know anyone in explanation. Miz says, what about the children? Won't somebody think of the children? And Miz says that they idolized her and keeps pressing for an answer. Miz says she'll always, uh oh, play second to Sasha. Sasha calls bullshit and mocks him for his draft status. Boom roasted. Bailey says she did what she did last week, killing the Bailey buddies. Is that what they were called? Mm -hmm. Because it defined her and how they, quote unquote, saw her. Bailey says she gave and she gave and she gave but all they did was take she is a role model and a hero and elevated the division, but at hell in that sale, when she lost, she was heartbroken and in pain and no one was there for her. So her she said she won't be second place to anybody anymore. She picked herself up, won her title back, but no one gave her a hug. The division is lazy. They lack desire and passion. Well, the only thing Carmella's passionate for is that married man I heard. But anyway. Oh, my gosh. Shh. Listen, that's just what I heard on the TV show. I don't know. She won't be who they wanted her to be any longer because she outgrew them. Um, if you're an inspiration, life sucks and then you die. Nikki Cross arrives, says that the time for talk is over, plans to win tonight, and will share a big hug with Bailey. Dana arrives. And talks about her passion and desire. Says she's overlooked. And tonight she will give them something to share about. All of this is in service of a match. Dana versus Mandy versus Nikki versus Carmella versus Lacey versus Sonia. I'm assuming this is for like number one contendership or something? Yes, ma'am. Ah, see how I know things? Nikki hit a high cross onto a pile of, of women's on the floor. Lacey slams her into the steps back in the ring. Dana hits her with the powerbomb. The senton connects and Carmella makes the save. Carmella starts brawling with Mandy, but Carmella gets the code of silence until Sonya breaks it up. 
I enjoy Carmela's Code of Silence. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. At one point, I thought it was like the cone of silence because it was shaped like the cone that you put on like your dog's head when they go to the doctor. <laughs> the code makes sense too. Mm. Ooh, gosh. So it breaks down this match does into a big, big move buffet, and Nikki hits the purge on somebody and gets the win. So Nikki is your number one contender. Yeah, well, how do you feel about Nikki and Bailey as a new dark Bailey and the you know freshly all the way baby face now Nikki Cross? I kind of enjoy the idea of it, just of them being like so long being the sidekicks and having like a star turn with each other. But then it makes me wonder: Are they going to shoehorn Sasha and Alexis into this somehow? Like, do they trust Bailey and Nikki to just do it themselves, mm. or even, or even mostly themselves? Mm. Mm. I would wonder. Hopefully, they do, because, like you said, they they could definitely use the the stage to themselves and be able to stand out. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you you'll never be able to do it if you don't let them do it. But should right. you let them do it? <laughs> right. All right. So it's just one of those things. But yeah, um, ooh, I'm sorry. I'm getting old. There's a Braun Strowman video package. I'm sure it was amazing. They hyped the Seth Rollins and the Fiend feud. Uh, there's a match between Braun Strowman and Drew Gulak. Strowman beats his ass. I could get into the details of it. I'm sure you want me to. He tosses Drew around and headbutts him to the floor, runs him over, and follows with some clubbing strikes and a power slam, and that is how he won. I know you're so shocked that he did. This was funny, because Drew Gulak is like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's like, I'm Drew Gulak. I'm a former champion, cruiserweight champion. It's my first <laughs> match on SmackDown. And he is like, Brian, we don't even have to do this like this, man. He's like, I came out here to help you. He was like, huh? He was like, yes. He was like, because if you come out here trying to do your normal, I'm a strong man, Brian. You're going to get beat. Tyson Fury, <laughs> he's going to knock you out. He's like, so I put together this 375 slide PowerPoint on oh, how no. you can beat Tyson Fury. <laughs> and so they had the slides up there. And so then that's, he's like, so let's watch the slides. And then that's when Braun attacked him. As he should. Don't nobody want to watch no damn PowerPoint. <laughs> Listen. Anybody who works in even a vaguely professional office has seen more PowerPoints than they ever care to. And they don't want to see none of them. So if they saw one, that's good enough. I hate PowerPoint. Anyway, because of all the shenanigans earlier at the top of the show, the show is now ending with a match with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus King Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura. It is announced that Roman Reigns will be captain of that team that I won't mention. Aren't you shocked? Like, who could have imagined <laughs> that Roman would be a captain at Team Sweet Saudi Money? Like, who knew? So, wait a minute. Who's the captain of that other team? Randy? Of course. Oh. Uh, Randy really is like the second or third biggest star they have. How dreadful. Anyway, back to the match. 
And The Rock tweeted, I hear you, King. I know from experience you're a rough and tough dude who's not to be messed with. I'm no psychic, but I'm quite sure these words are going to get you. No, 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 you can't say that. We already got in enough trouble last week as Shinsuke comes in off the tag. Nonetheless, The Rock believes that a Corbin will get his comeuppance tonight at the hands of Roman Reigns. So now Nakamura and Daniel Bryan. What a history between these two men. Two of the best in-ring competitors ever to do it. Both so skilled at so many aspects of the game. Striking, grappling, submission. Oh, two true artists. Knee right to the midsection of Nakamura by Daniel Bryan. Brian, of course, a former five-time world champion. Oh, Sami Zayn again sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. And Daniel Bryan going. King Corbin taken down. Nakamura from behind rolls up. Daniel Bryan cover. Oh, into the rebel lock. Daniel Bryan's got it locked in. Submission move, center of the ring. He's tapped many, many men with this move. And Sami Zayn now sending King Corbin into the ring to break things up. And Sami Zayn, the Liberator, is invaluable. Yeah, he's paid a world of dividends here tonight at ringside. Corbin. And Roman Reigns with a Superman punch stops Corbin in his tracks. The big dog's not done yet. Look out, King. Spur through the into the timekeeper's area. Reigns is down. Corbin's down. Zayn can't believe it. Bryan's back to his feet. He's got Nakamura in his sights. And the dangerous yes kicks. That one connected right on the temple. Daniel Bryan is feeling it. Bryan is fired up here tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. And Shin with a knee. Lightning quick. Shinsuke setting it up, measuring. Don't look for the Kinshasa, but Bryan countered with a running knee of his own. Daniel Bryan cover of the Intercontinental Champion. Hooks the line. Bryan got it. Bryan's pinned the Intercontinental Champion. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. This was a really good match. This was a fun match. Cool. Corbin and Roman, they still got beef. Real life beef or other beef? No, they've had beef like off and on, like, this whole, like, end of last year and all of this year. They're the right size for it, though. There ain't too many people who are, like, the same size as Roman. And... Because, like, aren't they, like, the same size? Because Braun's bigger than Roman. Mm-hmm. I think he might be the only one that's just, like, really, like, pound for pound. Oh, and then Drew. But Drew looked like he could beat his ass. <laughs> so it's just... It's probably best that they're not in a, in a thing together. And then Daniel Bryan and Nakamura, that's a that's a dream match. Mm, Even mm-hmm. in this state of Daniel Bryan. But I mean, we're getting full on Daniel Bryan pretty much. He's doing dives, he's taking choke slams through tables. 
he's doing missile drop kicks, so it's not like he's trying to protect his head in any way. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this was fun. I like this match. This was real good. Gives Nakamura something to do in the spotlight. Yeah, he deserves all of the things. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to transition to Monday Night Raw. We get this thing started off hot as the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, is kicking off this show. They give the Nature Boy a live mic. He gets to stand in the middle of the ring. He's here to announce the final member of his team at the upcoming Saudi event. He says Cleveland needs a champion. LeBron's gone, so he's here. He promises that his team (laughs) will destroy Team Hogan. He praises all the members on his team. Uh, on Togan's team, but then says that his team is just going to be that much better. He uh, makes some wisecracks at a couple of fans out in the crowd, and he finally makes the announcement that the final member of his team is going to be Drew McIntyre. <laughs> so the teams, Team Hogan, is going to be captained by the Roman Reigns. Rusev, Ricochet, Shorty G, and Ali are going to be his teammates. Team Flair is going to be captained by Randy Orton. King Corbin, Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre will be his teammates. So Flair puts over Drew. Drew says that he has granted Flair a favor, and he promises a preview of what he will do to Team Hogan at the Crown Jewel tonight as he's going to face Ricochet. So Drew McIntyre and Ricochet, they have a really good match, really long match. Drew fights off the Benadriller, but Ricochet hits the Death Valley driver. He heads up top, and the shooting star press follows for a two count. Ricochet heads back up top. The 630 misses. Drew dumps him, and he counters the recoil. Drew runs him into the post. He hits the Claymore, and Drew McIntyre gets the win in his return to Monday Night Raw. Yay. In the middle of this match, they interview Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was talking about, you know, Hogan, I um, I-, I challenge you to show up at SmackDown, meet me face to face. And he was like, where are we? He was like, because uh, I-, I forgot where they are, where they were this past week at SmackDown. But he was like, he's like. He forgot where they were supposed to be next week. So he just had like a mental <laughs> just collapse. And he was like, it doesn't really matter. Just show up where I'm going to be at next week. You know where I'm going to be. <laughs> so after the match, Drew kicks Ricochet's ass. And uh, he does the reverse Alabama slam into the steps. And he leaves Ricochet land. They give us a hype video from last week between the OC and the Street Profits. Charlie interviews the OC about tonight's trios tag team match versus the Street Profits and a mystery partner. Remember that sentence. Mystery partner. Uh Uh-huh. Trios match. Tag team match, right? Trios. They just need trios title. Just let it happen. (laughs) They got too many titles. It's too, I know. It's too, 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 <laughs> Usually, I'm all for like, hey, they need, they could, they could use another title. No, not WWE. <laughs> Anderson mocks their opponents for being rookies while they are greats. 
Styles says that getting the smoke in Cleveland is illegal. <laughs> Which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> Gallo says that Cleveland sucks and Styles agrees. They aren't concerned about their mystery man and they promise a beating of all three later tonight. AJ Styles being like the the dad, like those commercials, those Geico commercials or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you turn into your parents. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny as shit. He's like, and and I just want to let it be known that in Cleveland, getting that smoke, as they say, that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> uh we get a video package of all the new WWE Raw draftees that the ladies went over last week. Uh once again, shout out to Jade to the max, Miss Letitia Chanel, and Miss Dee Janae for holding down another Ladies Night WrestleCast, my favorite episode that we do every year, four times a year here on the WrestleCast. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair Black, he's back in his little room. She says he has rage that is beyond redemption, and he's ready to pick a fight. So he comes out. And we have Aleister Black versus his name was Jason Reynolds. But for the sake of our review, Jason Boots and Tights. They lock up and work to the corner. Jason attacks with kicks, but Aleister Black counters back and he follows with kicks and strikes. Aleister Black follows with the flurry. Jason fires back, but Aleister Black lights him up and he hits him with the black mass. And Aleister Black gets your win. Then we get an AOP video package. They are on Raw, and they are violent, violent men. (laughs) Then we have the King's Court with Rusev. Jerry Lawler is our host. Rusev is asked about his issues with Lana and how she's made them public. King gets the what treatment, and Rusev says that Bobby Lashley has poisoned Lana's mind. He says that he will crush Bobby Lashley and he still wears his wedding, wedding ring in hopes for the best. Lana and Lashley, they show up on the big screen. They're out to a dinner. Lashley is here to take care of Lana's needs and Lana says Rusev never took her to a place that they are eating but Lashley fulfills her and is a gentleman. Lashley and Lana say they love each other and Rusev just stands there. Rusev then says that he will deliver his message to them personally and he leaves. So, Miss Didi Janae, um, how do you feel about Bobby Lashley here in the role of uh, Mr. Steal Your Girl? Um, when I watch my black on white porn, the men are usually oiled up. So, his ashiness is uncomfortable for me. I don't like it. He looks like, and women would understand, if he put setting powder all over his body, like his head, his face, his chest, it's all a little too matte for me that I don't believe him as anybody's sex partner. Like, I don't believe anybody would go up to Bobby Lashley and be like, my husband ain't beating it out the way I need to, so can you do it? Like, no, I don't believe you. Thank you for that analysis, Miss Edie Janet. Oh, you're welcome. I'm here for you. Our next match, Andrade versus Sin Cara. 
Sin Cara, y'all. You got a match on Raw. It's been like the first time in like two <laughs> years. Sin Cara hits a slingshot hurricane around to the floor. But Zelina Vega distracts him. Hey. Andrade stuns Sin Cara off the ropes. Selena Vega follows with the Hurricane Rana. Back in the ring, the Hammerlock DDT by Andrade finishes it as Andrade gets the win. Now, longtime listeners of this show, they know that in ring, Sin Cara's one loss record is not what he would want it to be. But at catering, Sin Cara is undefeated. His, He's uh, an icon. <laughs> AJ Styles theme music probably plays when he walks in the catering. <laughs> they don't want it. <laughs> you think he just goes up to new people and be like, "Ask about me." <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently he's like three and zero. Chris Jericho. Um, Wade Barrett, and I forgot who the third person was. <laughs> but yeah, you don't you don't want him with Sin Cara at catering. He and them green goes out the paint, and Wade Barrett is a big boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he dropped like he little though. <laughs> <laughs> Didi Jonay, here's mm. the highlight of the show for you. Uh, the highlight of the show for me? Yes, as your new up-and-coming fave. Oh, yes. Your 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 drunken night escapade. Umberto Carrillo. He's here on Raw. Listen, I talked him up. I mentioned <laughs> him on the ladies' night, and all of a sudden, there he is looking like Rocky Maivia. Somebody said he was looking like the White Power Ranger. Both of those are accurate. Yeah, I don't know what kind of getup that was in. He, That's he so had them cool. The top didn't even match the tights. So it's like, who did you get that from? Like, <laughs> like his 205 like, live gear just wasn't good enough? Right. and it's But again, if you're going to change it, change the whole outfit. Why are you looking like white Power Ranger, Tommy, up top, but your tights are red and black? Those don't go. Seth Rollins would never. Is that that what happens? Did he take Seth Rollins' Power Ranger costume and just repurpose it? Umberto, <laughs> mm. he cuts a promo. He says he wants to be Universal Champion one day. And he says when he does, he will be a good one. And he won't be setting fires like Seth Rollins. <laughs> when you're new on the block and you want to make a name for yourself, you might as well start at the top. Mm-hmm. Work your way up for what? <laughs> the Street Profits talk about their issues with the OC, making fun of AJ's hair and their 90s hands gestures. They hype tonight's match and tease their mystery partner. Dawkins says that their partner doesn't like AJ and he's just like them. And Montez says they want to smoke. R-Truth, he's sneaking around backstage with the 24-7 title. One of the Singh brothers arrives and sings to him, and the other one sneaks up behind R-Truth and pins him, and they run away. The newly crowned tag team champions of Raw, the Viking Raiders, they faced off against Ryder and Hawkins. Eric cuts Ryder off and tags in Ivar. He runs wild. He tags in Eric. 
Double teams follow. Eric goes for a two count. Ryder makes the save. Eric knees him in the face. Then we get the Thor's hammer by the Viking Raiders, and they get the win. Then we go back to the restaurant. The manager of the restaurant is asking Lana and Bobby Lashley to leave because he's gotten word that Lana's husband is on the way, and he don't want no problems. <laughs> so Ray Mysterio, he's coming down to the ring to cut a promo. Then we take a commercial break, and after the break, Rusev has arrived to the restaurant. He starts attacking Bobby Lashley. He starts kicking his ass. They start destroying the place. Security arrives and separates them. Uh, Lana was so funny. She said the most northern Florida thing she's ever said since she's been on WWE TV. She was standing up on the couch going, he's breaking the law. He's breaking the law. Just like a Caucasian. <laughs> oh, man. Ray Mysterio, he's cutting a promo. His arm is still in the sling. Ray says that he's been training Kane Velasquez to beat Brock. But he wanted to come here and thank the fans for their support of he and Dominic during these hard times. He was thinking about retiring. But he is so thankful for the love of the fans. The fans are his family, and they will celebrate together when Kane beats that bastard Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman shows up <laughs> on the screen and says that they have a misunderstanding. Ray wouldn't talk his shit if Brock was there, but he is because Brock has been drafted to SmackDown. Ray thinks <laughs> Kane can handle Brock, the man who beat Brock nine years ago for the UFC title. Heyman says that won't happen again because Brock sees the scar Kane left him with and he has been looking for revenge for nine years. He gets that revenge in Saudi because Ray served up Kane like a feast on a platter to Brock. Ray cuts uh, Paul off again, but that's when Sheldon, Shelton Benjamin comes out. Shelton runs down Ray for getting Kane a title shot. Shelton is pissed about this and says that Brock is his friend, that Brock is his family. And if that, other than Paul Heyman, he knows Brock better than anyone. So he starts pushing Ray around. Shelton starts talking all types of shit, and he asks where Kane is, and that's when Kane arrives. That's funny because he's like, oh, that's all you got to do now to get a title shot? Is just push Ray Mysterio around? He was like, so. He's like, pushed him? He was like, oh, so what's that? A universal title shot? He was like, so what's this? A, a intercontinental title shot? So anyway, Kane Velasquez comes out. And of course, Kane beats uh, Shelton Benjamin down with some bad-looking ground and pound. Uh, he hits him with a standing choke, and Kane Velasquez stands tall. Now, <laughs> now, what is the deal about this? Is right. So, Kane Velasquez is like a really big deal in the UFC, but in the last like year or so. He's been wrestling down in Mexico. Like he's done like their version of WrestleMania and he's done like another show or two, right? Mm-hmm. And all the highlights, he's doing Hurricane Ranas and all kinds of cool luchador shit, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's training with Rey Mysterio Jr., right? Two and right. two would make you think, okay, Ray Mysterio is a high flyer. He's teaching. So for him to come in here and do this sorry ass looking ground and pain <laughs> after I done seen him do all this high flying shit, I'm like, boo, this freaking sucked. <laughs> right. 
It's like, why he ain't doing all that cool shit I saw him do? But anyway. I think that's interesting, though, that there's an assumption that anybody would know who he is. And there's an assumption that you remember that he beat up Brock. But you don't know, you're not supposed to know, that he was down in AAA being a badass right. and a high flyer. And it's like, well, if I know, if I knew the one, why wouldn't I know the other? Right, right. And why wouldn't I take advantage? Don't mind you, maybe they just don't want to. Maybe they're trying to like drag, drag it out, like save it for the pay per view when he like hisses his Brock Lesnar, and it's like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's what it's about. But mm. you know, it's it makes sense to not trust the WWE. So <laughs> Charlie's having a backstage interview with Seth. Seth says that the fiend may have gotten inside his head. But he did find the Firefly Fun. fun ooh, ooh. Seth says that he did find the Firefly Funhouse. Now, Didi, that's alliteration for your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he burned it down. The fiend is different, though, and it has changed him. Seth then confronts Umberto and says he did what he needed to do last week. He did what was right. And he says that's not always easy when you're the champion. He offers. Uh, Umberto a match after he welcomes him to Monday Night Raw. Hmm. So we see The Undertaker on a float in some type of parade in Saudi Arabia. So he's already making a little bit of extra money on the side, I'm sure, for that personal appearance. Seth Rollins versus Umberto Carrillo. Springboard knee Strike by Seth connects for two. Seth then cuts off a Hurricane Rana into a buckle bomb, hits a super kick, and the cover gets two count. Seth looks for the blackout, but Carrillo cradles him for two count. He battles back, and Carrillo hits a DDT. Carrillo heads up top, and the moonsault follows for a two count. The Aztec press is countered. Seth hits a super kick and the blackout for the win, and both men shake hands after the match. So, Miss DD, what'd you think? Um, Umberto did what he had to do. I thought he accounted well for himself. Now, Seth Rollins isn't necessarily that guy that can take somebody who isn't necessarily on his level and bring him up and make you be like, oh my gosh. But yeah, Carrillo on his own definitely got enough people to say, you know what, that boy good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a talented child. Child. Our mm-hmm. <laughs> truth finds the sings and pins the wrong one. They dance, away, <laughs> laughing at our truth, who is amazed that there are two of them. They don't even look alike, and their hair is different. <laughs> and the one has on long tights, and the other one has on <laughs> like they look totally different. This is not Jimmy and Jay back in the day. Like they don't look nothing alike right now. We get an announcement that miraculously the Firefly Funhouse will return on this Friday night SmackDown. <laughs> Main event of the evening time as the Street Profits faced off against the Good Brothers. Let's rewind that tape because earlier in the night I said this was going to be a trios match, so a six man tag. With the Street Profits having a mystery partner, right? Mm-hmm. The Street Profits talked about this being a 
six-man match. The OC talked about this being a six-man tag team match. Now we get to the match, and it's a regular-ass tag team match. So AJ's <laughs> like, where is your third man? He mocks the Street Profits like, oh, y'all couldn't find anybody. Y'all ain't got no friends or whatever. Four. Halfway there. Can he make it? Come on. Here comes Angelo Dawkins. Oh. And the power of the Street Profits. Oh, what an uppercut. That's what you call Ooh, it. Nice drop kick. That's flying all over the place. Watch out. Oh, what a feel. Dawkins just decleated and put it, Carl Anderson. He's on a roll. Stay out of his way. Seven years ago, Angelo Dawkins entered the WWE Performance Center. Oh, and he's gone from the Performance Center, grinding in there. He's gone to NXT Largo. He's gone to NXT TV. This is his moment. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Gallo saving Carl Anderson. Montez Ford is legal for the Street Profits. What an uppercut from Gallows. And wait a minute. Dawkins takes out Gallows. Gallows takes out Dawkins. For a quick second. Look at it. Look at it. AJ Styles. Buster by Anderson. Into the cover. The count. And Montez Ford kicked out. Oh, man, that was close. But look at AJ Styles. He's in disbelief. Knowing it is going to be three on two. Oh, the numbers game again. What are you doing, AJ? Come on. I just in there. Come on, dog. It's enough of that. You. Wait a minute. Get him out of there, ref. He's throwing out AJ. Are you trying to argue, King? You don't know what? who the third man was? It's Kevin Owens. you got to be kidding me. It's, What's he doing here? Kevin Owens making a beeline for oh, the United States. Oh, oh stutter. Stutter on the outside. Carl oh, Anderson. This match is still going. Did you see? I think it tackles me. Angelo Dawkins. Sky oh. high. Dawkins is legal. Here it comes. Plays Carl Anderson. Tag to Montez Ford. Rise up, young man, and make yourself a legend. Frog Splash. Cover. Cover. Street Profits. Pick up their first win on their first night. Here are your winners. The Street Profits. What a debut for the Street Profits. What a debut for Kevin Owens at the last minute. Come on. Kevin Owens also drafted to Monday Night Raw. Hey. Did you see this? I did. You I see the, I did. the entrance on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, they went off to the left with uh-huh. their red cups. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Did you see the end, the very, very end? With the Caucasian baby? Yes, yes. I did. <laughs> I was like, how on the nose that the baby's awake, in a good mood, smiling, not afraid of strangers, not afraid of black people, okay? Like, you couldn't have planned it any better. Yeah, so the Street Profits get the win, so they go out through the crowd the same way they came in through the crowd. Because, I mean, you know, like Bro-Man, you know. <laughs> and uh, so as they're going up through the crowd, Montez Ford is dancing, he's getting out of the crowd, hyping stuff, and all of a sudden he's going by this baby and he stops 
and grabs the baby at the lady's arms and the baby is just looking at him smiling and Montez Ford is juking and jiving and the baby starts juking and jiving is definitely the lasting image for this Monday Night Raw. That's iconic. <laughs> right. Montez so I was Ford, had to man. come back. He was like, what you doing? He was like, oh, there's a baby. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Montez Ford, he has got the juice. He is going to be uh, if as long as he doesn't get injured, that's the only thing. Because man, when he hit that frog splash and he came down on Anderson, he was hurt. Ah. Uh. So as long as he doesn't get injured in the next like couple of years, man, the sky's the limit for that dude. I hate it for uh, 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 Angelo Dawkins. I, I hate that the you know it's that day is gonna come where he's gonna have to I do. I mean, there can there can only be one. You know? <laughs> right. Right. But. On some Highlander shit. That's okay. Yeah. This wasn't a bad episode of Monday Night Raw. What this really was was a like reset. Was like, okay, here are the people we got. And so we got to kind of make some new people. So the Street Profits got a chance to shine. Umberto Carrillo got a chance to shine. Sankara got a chance to shine. But really it was for Andrade because they about to push Andrade through the roof. Yeah. Drew McIntyre's back. So. I think Drew McIntyre is really going to be the one to get the belt from Seth Rollins coming up here soon. That would make sense. Yeah, they're trying to, um, they gave Ricochet and, and Drew a lot of time, so Ricochet is going to be a, a major part of what they're doing. So this was kind of the new version of Monday Night Raw, the new people that are going to be featured. It's not a bad start. They got some good people to work with. Kevin Owens is on Raw, him and AJ. I mean, they just did that last year or a couple of years ago, but oh well. <laughs> they they all can't be new, fresh ideas, right? Right. <laughs> but you know what is a good and fresh idea? Mm. Getting your holiday season shopping started with Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Ah. go to cspn.us click on that tab at the top of the page that says keep our podcast free click on amazon.com find anything you want in the whole wide world to purchase purchase it and some of that comes back to the cspn which allows the Russellcast and all the podcasts here on the network to stay free each and every week helps with cost of keeping the you know servers up and active the website going and all that good stuff so please 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 help keep the podcast free by doing your shopping through amazon.com first going to cspn.us clicking the tab that says keep our podcast free click on amazon it'll take you right into the portal and everything else will happen on our end from there so please continue to support the wrestlecast and cspn now it's time for NXT's edition of what they brought forth to this week's Wednesday Night Wars. <laughs> oh, man. Did you see this? I saw the only clip that matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair to start out. Now, this is a very rare match as... You rarely get to see two young powerhouse women face off against each other. You know, usually it's the big girl versus the smaller girl, or it's two smaller mm-hmm. girls, or it's the two like really big, 
larger women going against each other, but not like how these two are like fit, young, can move and all that stuff. So this is a very interesting matchup for me. Ripley hits the big boot. We get a knee strikes and a drop kick for a two count. The ripcord clothesline follows and Rhea hits another drop kick. Ripley locks on the inverted cloverleaf, but Bianca makes the ropes. Ripley hits a cannonball to the floor. That's when Io Shirai attacks and Bianca hits a spear for a two count. Candice LeRae comes down. She takes out Io. That allows Rhea Ripley to hit the riptide and Rhea Ripley beats Bianca Belair. <laughs> it makes me sad. Yeah, because Binky's on the outside looking in. She don't have a partner right now. Candice has got EO. Rhea's got her sights set on Shayna. And Binky's kind of just the one on the outside looking in. So we'll see what happens with her coming up. Maybe she'll get in a tag team with somebody. And based on what happens later on in this show, and she can do some damage in the tag team division. Kathy Kelly is is interviewing Pete Dunn. He was strolling out in the parking lot with Tyler Bate. Dunn says that Damian Priest will get a receipt for what he did last week. Kathy didn't ask him about his attack on Killian Dane before the match. Pete Dunn says he didn't care about Killian Dane. Then we see a Tommaso Ciampa vignette. Uh, Ciampa talked about going through a bout of depression after getting injured and how it was his time to decide his own destiny. Uh, this was basically some clips from that Blackheart documentary uh, that came mm-hmm. out a couple of weeks ago. Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. The floating bro eats knees. They work in the counters, and Grimes hits the moonsault press for a two count. Riddle counters into the powerbomb. The final flash knee strike, followed by the bro Derek, gets the win for Matt Riddle. This was like a seven-minute match, but man, this was a lot of fun. They were going hard, a lot of high impact moves, a lot of high fly moves. Cameron Grimes showed out like this is like the first real Trevor Lee match that he's had in NXT. This is real good. So after the match, uh, you know how Matt Riddle likes to give everybody he wrestles the the pound. Well, of course, Cameron Grimes is like, fuck that shit. So he kind of blows them off. They're like out of the ring now. And uh, so he pounds up one of the fans and uh, Matt Riddle walks off. Well, he pounds up Tyler Bate first and then a fan and then he walks off. So uh, Cameron Grounds is like all flustered and shit. And he sees uh, Tyler Bate and he's like, man, what the fuck are you doing over here? And he's like, man, that's disrespectful. You wouldn't give my man the pound or whatever. So Tyler Bate does a thing where he reaches out with one hand to try to give Grimes a pound. And then when he doesn't take it, he hits him with the other hand and knocks him out. So, setting up something between Cameron Grimes and Tyler Bate. That should be fun. William Regal announces that Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox versus <laughs> Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke will be a match that is set for tonight. And the winner of the match will wrestle Asuka and Kari Sane next week for the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. Yes. So Breezang- Make it fashion, yes. Yes, yes. So, Brizango, they were going to have a mystery partner against the Forgotten Sons. It was supposed to be Kushida, but Kushida is hurt because he uh, hurt his wrist. He's got a broken wrist. So, they chose Isaiah Swerve Scott, or <laughs> a.k.a. Killshot. 
Oh, yeah. Scott moon salts onto two of the forgotten sons on the floor. Back in, Scott tags in Breeze. Fandango joins Tyler Breeze for a double super kick. Riker and Fandango trade strikes, and then they work down to the floor. Uh, Isaiah mm-hmm. Scott gets dumped out to the floor as well. Breeze makes the save. Scott then follows with the scissor kick, and Isaiah Scott makes the pin. And Isaiah Scott and Breezango, they get to the win. This was a good way to get Isaiah Scott some much-needed ring time, some much-needed TV time, and he ended up getting the pin and the win, so he got to show off some impressive type moves. He did this one he did this one thing where when he did the moonsault out into the onto the two dudes on the ring, what he did was he was one of the Forgotten Sons was standing on the apron with his like back facing the ropes. So he's like he's mm-hmm. facing out towards the crowd. So this dude, Isaiah Scott, walked off of the top rope, stepped on that dude's chest, and jumped off to do the moonsault onto the other two guys. Yeah, it was sick. <laughs> uh, we get a promo of Killian Dane standing in front of a fire. He says that Dunn tried to break his fingers, and he's going to just break Pete Dunn. Angel Garza, shout out to uh, Letitia Chanel. He faced off against Jack Gallagher. Leo rushes on commentary. Gallagher looks for an arm bar, but Garza rolls to the ropes. Garza then dumps Gallagher and follows with strikes. Back in the ring, Gallagher counters and headbutts Garza. Garza counters the dropkick, and the moonsault connects for the win as Angel Garza is victorious. After the match, Garza talks shit to Leo Rush, and they're probably setting up a match in the future. Leo Rush wasn't that good on commentary, which was kind of surprising because of how good he was uh, before on the mic, but he was also more of a babyface than a heel now, and it's a lot harder to do commentary. I mean, you can't really go out there and just run people down and talk shit the whole time. Now we have our women's tag team match. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai versus Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke. Knox runs wild and hits two choke slams. The enziguri and a cannonball follows. Knox follows with the high cross for a two count. Marina Shafir makes the save. Dakota Kai takes Shafir out. And Tegan Knox kicks the shiniest wizard on Jasmine Duke. And Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai get the win. Marina Shafir is getting better because her husband is Roderick Strong. So you can see that she's kind of getting better. Jasmine Duke, oh my gosh, she is so bad. So, so bad. So after the match, Asuka and Kari Sane, they're shown on the big screen. They're both speaking in Japanese and mocking Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Asuka says that Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai have no chance next week. Main event of the evening time. It's a triple threat for the North American title. Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee versus Dijakovic. Dijakovic hits a choke bomb for a two count. Dijakovic follows with a Fosbury flop, taking out Roddy. Keith Lee gets back in and he follows with a big daddy tope onto Dijakovic. Keith Lee then takes Dijakovic up top again and he hits the super bomb. But as he's going to, but before he even try to make the cover, Roderick Strong flies in with the sick kick. He pins Keith Lee and he retains the North American Championship. This was one hell of a triple threat match. This was really good. They uh, did a lot 
to isolate Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong did a lot to isolate himself and let those two big dudes just kind of beat on each other and he'd kind of sneak in here and there. And then they finally took Roderick Strong out um, with this sick combination of the Fosbury flop and then he ran it and then uh, Keith Lee gave him the pounce like right after it. So it kind of like took Roddy out of the match for like a good part. And then that's when those two big jokers just went at it for the ending of the match. And then Roderick comes in at that very end with that sick kick to steal the win after Keith Lee does that big ass super bomb. This was really put together well and executed well. Really strong match. Really good main event. After the match. reigning NXT champion of all time. You talk about major wattage in this cottage. The star power in the ring. Second to none as Balor has joined Gargano and Ciampa. And the standoff. Those odds are much better. Still four against three. What the Tommaso Ciampa being destroyed as Finn Balor admires his handiwork after kicking Johnny Gargano. Balor told us his future is his past. Look at the eyes of Finn Balor. He wants to make Johnny Gargano somewhat of an extinct past. Oh my God. Why? Doing here to Johnny Gargano. No, Finn! No! Oh my god! Spiking Gargano's head on the ramp! This isn't the homecoming any of us expected from Finn Balor!
was the end of NXT. Hmm. I'll tell you right now, I watched both of these shows back to back, AEW mm-hmm. Dynamite, and then I turned right around and watched NXT. Mm-hmm. NXT got them this week. There's yeah. nothing wrong with now. Both shows were great. Dynamite was like really strong, but this closing angle, that main event, all of that put together, yeah, it really yeah. put the cherry on top for this shit right here. Yeah, that heel turn was a was a sight to see. It was amazing because I did not have that coming. It was like. Oh, okay. We setting up war games. So Keith Lee, <laughs> Keith Lee, uh, Cole, Keith Lee, Champa, Gargano, Finn, and Velveteen. Okay, I can get with that. <laughs> and then as soon as I'm kind of shaking my head, like I can get with that, bam, he just comes out of nowhere <laughs> and attacks Johnny Gargano. So if they make this about being Mr. NXT, mm-hmm. this would be a really good feud. Because you know how if anybody was Mr. NXT before Johnny Gargano could make that claim, it would be Finn Balor. True. And so if he's, you know, upset about Gargano, you know, trying to invade in his territory, his spot or his legacy in NXT, they can make this real personal and real good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was dressed in all black. We should have known. <laughs> yeah, and it did seem like like a blacker kind of black, mm-hmm. real black. And and we should have known that if it was going to happen, it would be something involving Adam Cole, because <laughs> Adam Cole used to be in his version of the Bullet Club. Uh, oh, that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of little nuances as you get you know things coming together after the fact. Yeah. But yeah, man, Enix the Wednesday night was really strong. Both shows were really strong. You can head over to the Patreon page. Subscribe, y'all, to the Patreon page. Listen to our dark match, our AEW Dynamite reviews. Patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. You can either become a three dollar member, which is a you get a backstage pass. Or you can be a $5 member and you can become a part of the Band of Vipers. But either way, you'll gain access to all our exclusive content over on patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. That's where you can find all our commentary with color on AEW and AEW Dynamite each and every week. But uh, yeah, man, NXT was really good this week. Sets up a lot of good stuff headed towards war games. So... I can't wait to see if they're going to do like a five-man war games this year with Finn joining the Undisputed Era to go against I guess it would be Velveteen Ciampa Gargano Mm -hmm. Keith Lee and Dijakovic I guess those five (laughs) I don't know I I know Keith Lee would be in it but I don't know who their fifth person would be Mm-hmm. So see. why would Keith Lee be in it? Because Keith Lee got beat up at the end of the match. Ah, okay. Yeah, and that plus, makes sense. Then. Yeah, and you know they, they and they've been kind of they've been kind of targeting certain people, and he was one of the people they've been targeting. 
Mm. So this was good. This was really good. Good, good closing angle at NXT. Strong show all the way through from the opening match with Rhea and uh, Bianca down through uh, the main event. The only kind of suspect part would be the uh, two uh, members of the horsewomen who aren't that good having that oh. little match with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, but it allowed Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai to establish themselves. And we got a chance to see Asuka and Kari Sane in NXT. And so that sets up the tag team match for next week, which should be a whole lot of fun. Seeing those two ladies back in NXT and defending those titles. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, Miss Didi Jonay, at this time, I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about ourselves because this is our <laughs> fifth year anniversary of doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. 260 consecutive episodes. Yeah. Yes, you've heard my voice on all of them. So thank you for putting up except with Except the ladies' night. Except for the ladies' night. Except <laughs> yes. So that'd be like 20 shows that you probably haven't heard me on. But That's a good record. Yes, it is a good record. I'm more proud of the 260 straight shows, though. Not missing one. Yeah. Or having to, you know, be like, oh, we just had to skip it because we couldn't get it in. So sorry. So yeah. I'm more proud about that. But... I just like to give a shout out to Greg and Sam, the original two hosts that we started this with five years ago, the revamped version of the WrestleCast, started by Classic and Tim Dog and Brent from Georgia and all those people. When the three hour raw started, they would just kind of pass the time by just all getting online and watching Raw together and just commenting on it. So that was that version, but um, I was a Laps fan in 2014. I just used to watch old wrestling and just talk about it on Twitter. And Classic was like, oh, I'm going to start the podcast again. And I was like, well, I'm not really watching the new product, but, you know, cool. I'm down. I like to do podcasts. So I started watching. And for about <laughs> three months, I was like, this shit sucks. There's nothing good about this. It's not how I want wrestling to be or how I remember wrestling to be or what I think wrestling should be. And then Mm -hmm. after about two more months, I just got to the point where it's like, you know, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to enjoy it, I'm just going to have to be like grin and bear it. It's not what I want it to be, but let me find something that I do like about it and just go from there. Mm -hmm. And so that made it much more enjoyable. But yeah, the beginning of this show, when we first started, it was like a dump fest, really, on just WWE's not doing this, they suck at that, why is it this person good, why aren't they doing this, why aren't they doing that? But then that had to kind of change, because the tone of the shows were just so bad and negative. Um, then I'd like to thank Classic for his insight for bringing Miss Didi Jonay to our attention, and... <laughs> She turning her co-host, um, her guest spot into a permanent co-host spot. So I just want to thank you personally because you gave our show an entertainment factor that it did not have previously before you came. So I think that the show is far more entertaining with you on it than it was before. 
just because I always laugh out loud <laughs> at something that you say when I listen back to it. Um, especially in the beginning, just your knowledge of like, hey, I live a kayfabe life. I don't do no pre-booking. <laughs> Whatever they show me is what they show me. And then mm-hmm. to hear you, you know, kind of get more into it and then start looking at things and extrapolating things out more as far as storylines and how things should play out or how things should play out. Hearing you grow on this, doing this every week with me is so rewarding and I thank you so much for taking out so much time to do this with me so many times over the past (laughs) five years. I thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, friend. And give a special shout out to Miss J to the Max. I did this purposely, these two shows back to back, just so we could showcase our ladies and Miss J to the Max especially. It was her idea. Uh, I only made one concession that if we did this, that every time we did it, that she would be uh, the, the other host with Didi Jonay, and then we would try to fill in the rest of the spots with um, members of the WrestleBase and the Glow, and uh, that's what we've done, and we've been able to carry that on for these five years. So, like I said, I'm very proud of the Ladies Night WrestleCast and all the WrestleBase. I hope that we provided a space that y'all feel safe in the live tweets and on the podcast. Come express your pro uh, wrestling commentary with color and feel like you know your opinion is heard and it's mattered and it's valued and thanks to all the gentlemen in the uh live tweet who treat the ladies with so much respect um you know we definitely appreciate that as well so i hope that you guys feel that the wrestlecast is a safe place and that you continue to share your commentary with color with us because we would not be where we are without the wrestle bays um shout out to the host of the Forever Young cast, um, Ms. V, was, uh, was Sleep Doe, uh, Halissa, Jupiter Julep, um, just everybody who's been a f- on the show, listened to the show, loud treated the show. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. So, Ms. Didi Jonay, if you anything mm-hmm. that you'd like to say for the fifth anniversary of the WrestleCast? Oh, for the fifth anniversary, I just want to thank Scandal for... <laughs> being a Thursday night staple that I didn't watch because if it weren't for that I would not be here Classic would not have seen me tweeting about Smackdown when everybody else on Black Twitter was worried about what Olivia Pope was doing and so really she's responsible for all of this So, yeah, definitely. Um, It's been a, a long five years, but it's been a fun five years. And it's been amazing to see just how many people were into wrestling. Because when I was growing up, it was me and maybe like two or three guys who weren't really my friends who were into wrestling. So to find a group online of like-minded people and then to find a group of women who were also like-minded was kind of shocking. And because of the show I went to my first wrestling um my first live event because of the show I met Jade and Angelina in person because of this show I hung out with Jade in San Diego at a tiki bar like none of that would have happened without this show and so it's been an amazing thing for me and I you know I look forward to more time 
Yeah. And and more and more shows. Look how look how much has changed in five years, but look how much has stayed the same. Like impact is right. still here and five years ago. Right. Like, nah, they about to be gone. Nobody's <laughs> they were on the them. They've they've been on the cusp like the whole five years. <laughs> right, right, right. And I, I remember the conversations like, should we review it? Nah, it don't matter. Just <laughs> if if you feel like it and you want to give a highlight, but it don't need no whole review. Like I remember all those conversations. Yeah, man. We there was a string of people that I started watching and going, man, New Japan pro wrestlers that I was like, man, they never go to WWE. And then that's thing you know, they ended up in WWE. There is this whole independent wave of wrestling that's kind of came out of nowhere in the last five years. Cody Rose decided that he didn't want to do the WWE anymore and look what mm-hmm. that freaking test turned into three years later you know mm-hmm. it's just like wow yeah. so much has has changed and some things stay the same like you know Roman is still the top dog and he's, like, <laughs> he's a member of the shield even though there's one member of the shield no longer there and the other member of the shield does long past those days he's still if you had your choice, I'm going to go off topic here for a second. If you had oh, your yeah. choice and you could mm-hmm. remake Roman's everything about him, mm-hmm. what would his gear look like? Uh, well, I know you said gear, but first off, he would have a beard. Okay. Permanent beard. <laughs> Permanent beard. Uh, like a real one. It don't got to be like on some bronze Charmin, but I want a full, even beard. Yes. So... I well, I am a woman, you know. I want to know what he got on under that shirt, right? So I would just say, like, let's just let him. Let, I just want to see what shirtlessness looks like on him, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see because I think when's the last time you saw him shirtless when he was in that Fast and Furious movie with his cousin? Yeah. Like he's not he's not shirtless on the WWE, and it, it feels like a missed opportunity. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind the baggy pants. That feels correct, but I won't, I won't shirtless, shirtless Roman, or at least, at least loose tank top Roman. Like you remember when Luke? Well, I guess he still does. When Luke would come around with his little dirty wife beaters on, just like a clean one, <laughs> right? Like, like a clean tight black one. That could be a move. You just want to see more, less chest protector, no chest protector, basically. No, a lot of body because I feel like he got to look like his cousins. He got to look like the Usos, and they out here shirtless. So why not you? Right, right, right. But yeah, so those are something that's still staying the same five years after the start of the show. But yeah, and uh, I wouldn't even mind if he came out in a chest protector and then took it off. But he 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 should take it off. Take it off. <laughs> take it. <off. laughs> So, um, next Thursday, Halloween is uh, the Crown Jewel featuring Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez, Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman, the mm. Hogan Flair ten man tag team match. It's gonna be like a some like twenty team tag team terminal match. AJ Styles mm. is gonna be defending the United States Championship against somebody. Uh, and that's all of the card that I can remember off the top of my head. So there's Sounds your, like there's shenanigans. Your, there's your preview for Crown Jewel, ladies and gentlemen. All of the four people that will actually care to watch it besides me. 
I mean, <laughs> maybe I'll watch it over the weekend. Yeah, for the spectacle of it all, just to see what the cane and brought thing looks like from, you know, overseas. What I'm yeah. really interested in, though, is the next day is SmackDown. I forgot where it's at, but mm. there is no way in the hell because, like, the SmackDown people had to go to Australia. That's where oh. that's where um, Xavier Woods got hurt. Yeah, so they had to go to Australia. Then they had to come. Yeah, that's where Oscar and them are. Right, they had to go to Australia. They had to come back to the United States for whatever things they were gonna do. Do their two things here in this country. Then they got to go fly to Saudi Arabia next week. Um, and then on Friday, that's supposed to be SmackDown again, wherever SmackDown is at. So I cannot see them leaving Saudi Arabia, getting on a plane and going to SmackDown and having no. So what they need to do is make that like a women's night. Like all women's matches. They could be a May Young class. It could, it could come up with anything. But just have a showcase for all women that night on SmackDown. So SmackDown November first. First. Mm-hmm. That would be my proposal. If I was running the show, I would just say, okay, even if you had to bring in some of the women from Raw. Just in make Buffalo. Show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Now, imagine. Oh I, oh, I didn't think it was going to be in Buffalo. I thought it was going to be not in Buffalo. Oh, yeah, they don't, yeah, now, when they do this logistics, they don't really be like, okay, if we got to fly to Saudi Arabia, let's let the next show be somewhere like within the general flight path back home. Right. <laughs> nah. That's crazy. It's not even New York City. It's fucking Buffalo. Like, that's out of, that's kind of disrespectful. And just think about this. Think about the people like, Titus O'Neil or um, Apollo Cruz, the people who might not get a chance to wrestle, right? But they still mm-hmm. gotta go. Mm. They That's still, a mess. they still gotta go. Oh well, they got a lot of tickets for sale. <laughs> and I mean, you can be on the floor for one hundred and twenty. Oh no, for ninety-two dollars. Oh no, for eighty-eight dollars, you can be on the. Oh no, for eighty-four dollars, you. Oh wait a minute. For seventy eight dollars, you can no, my bad, sixty. Nope, fifty nine, fifty six, fifty six dollars. You can be on the floor at Buffalo, New York. That's not bad. That's real good. But also, it's Buffalo, New York. (laughs) Right, right. But that's what I would propose. I would make it a ladies' show, all women storyline something make up a tournament for the number one contender for the tag team title something yeah but that would be a, that would be smart and then you know you would because everybody wants to make young classic to come back and then and this would have been the month for them to do it and they're not doing it so give the ladies something you've been two years in a row where you've had that showcase so if they just had an all lady smackdown that would be cool it would, mm-hmm. it would draw ratings too. Yeah, it would draw ratings because women's wrestling is a much better than people give it credit for. They just don't give it enough time every week. Yeah, they don't give it time or like a good storyline. But right. even if you watch um the other shows like Britt Baker and her 
her DDS. Oh, she not a D. She a DMD. Like all of that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, a WWE could do that if they if they cared to try to do that. Right. Right. That's the one thing I can say about NXT in the five years that I've been watching that is the women's division has has really been one of the main things that's kept that show so interesting. Is mm-hmm. just the crop of women that they've had and the storylines that they've been able to create with their women have really been, for most parts, a standout part of the show. Up until the uh, Gargano, uh, Ciampa, and Undisputed Era came in, the women's division was really the the main event for a lot of parts to me for if NXT. Mm-hmm. Especially with Asuka being so dominant and all those challenges coming up and how they were building up people to go against yeah. Asuka. Yeah, so um definitely big ups to NXT for always representing for the women's wrestling. Yes. So Miss Didi Jonay, I don't have anything else to tell the people to go watch or listen to. Um if you do like old school wrestling though, like back in the day, like eighties version studio wrestling, check out that NWA Power on YouTube every Tuesday at six oh five. Um it's just old school presentation. They have squash matches, they have jobbers, uh losing matches in various forms, uh against some pretty established guys, and then those established guys go out and they talk shit to somebody or talk shit about who they just beat. So it's real refreshing. It's very, very old school. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's only an hour. So that's a plus two. Yeah. Uh, that's T- the best part. TNA next week. If you do have access to Access TV, they're going to be starting their official start next Tuesday on uh, mm-hmm. Access so check them out. That's at eight o'clock. Uh, apparently, man, they got some good stuff going on on Impact. They might have the best booking as far as logical shit that makes sense when you watch it from week to week. Mm-hmm. Uh, over on Impact, I've been kind of watching it or keeping abreast of it from afar. Um, our man Brian Cage, he got the title from Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan did some of the most despicable things ever. You know, he packaged power driver Melissa Santos. <laughs> Did he? You know how I feel about <laughs> Melissa Santos. Yeah. I, I mean, a little a little less because she is married to Brian Cage. And, you know, that's a fight I don't want. But still, yeah. that's Melissa Santos. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, get, if, you, if you have any more hours to give to wrestling entertainment... Impact is gonna got two hours for Tuesday for people who are just looking for something on Tuesday who've gotten so used to watching SmackDown on Tuesdays. And uh, program note: SmackDown will be on FS1 on, on Friday because, well, the World Series is going on, so they got to move it off of Fox for one night. So, Miss Didi's your name. When you're looking for it, it'll be on like one of those upper sports channels that you never watch. Do I even have those channels? Do I even know where that channel is? (laughs) You don't know where it is, but you do have it. I must certainly have to. Well, actually, (laughs) I have the little remote. I can say FS1 and see. Actually, let me try it right now. Oh, you you fancy. Oh, I'm very fancy. Let's see. FS1. Let's see if I have it. 
See, Spectrum doesn't. I have do it. have it. Spectrum doesn't. It is have channel eight fifty seven. Wait, why is SmackDown on right now? Oh, they showed oh, no. the replay from last week. Oh, what a blessing! Who knew they did that? Yeah. Oh, look at Nikki. Oh, look at her little outfit. Oh no, that's her hair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Learn new things every day. Yeah, you do. So this time, I'm going to turn it over to you for your official shout-outs and thank yous. Okay, my official shout-outs and thank yous are to you, of course, uh, Classic, Sam, Greg, and then every single guest we have ever had. I could pull favorites, uh, Jade, Tatiana, but just because I'm not going to call your name don't mean I don't love you. Moses been on plenty of times um and again a lot of people i remember kellen was on that was one of the first episodes when i moved in i remember you know recording episodes out on the stoop because i didn't have wi-fi yet so (laughs) i had to work with whatever signal i got and you know that's real shit right there gorilla shit so yeah shout out to everybody who's ever taken the time to be on our show it's two hours out of your day that you don't have to do but we're happy that you did it um shout out to everybody who listens shout out to everybody who rates us on itunes and things thank you so much yeah that's it well i have the same exact thank yous just thank you to everybody who's listened interacted live tweeted been a guest um tweeted um, you know, we've grown from just one show, the WrestleCast, to Cast a Strong Style, to Heel Heat. Shout out to Sean and uh, Dwayne for the new podcast. Thank you to all the listeners for showing them so much love on their pilot episode. Um, so we just continue to hopefully be able to provide you guys with great entertainment each and every week. Thank you for interacting. Continue to give us feedback. And uh, let us know what you like and don't like about the shows. Like Didi said, rate and review. Let the people know that we are out here. Continue to use the hashtags and let your friends know that we are talking about professional wrestling on Twitter um, each and every week. Uh, pay-per-views as well. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to Classic. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Sam. Thanks to Miss Didi's Your Name. Miss J to the Max. Mo underscore Reese. Uh, Quantum Central R. Um, like Didi said, anybody who's been on the show uh, in the past, we definitely thank you for taking out uh, part of your time to talk with us. And hopefully you guys had as much fun as we did with y'all. And until next week, this has been episode 260 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Simple question. Why? you or anyone an explanation you know maybe you don't owe me an explanation but what about all those kids that cheered for you wanted to be hugged by you idolized you a champion that doesn't talk who are you brock lesnar is this your paul Heyman? why the change why the lash out? You cut your hair, change your appearance. Why? Is it a respect issue? Did the audience not cheer you loud enough? What was it, Bailey? Is it insecurities? Maybe maybe you didn't like the way you looked, so 
you uh, thought maybe, hey, this might change you, this might be good enough, maybe you just thought you didn't work good enough. Maybe it's the fact that no matter how many accolades you have, you'll always play second fiddle to Sasha Banks. She does not need to listen to anybody, especially you. Some guys that got drafted in the fifth round. Fifth round, third round, first round, it doesn't matter. When I talk, people listen. And I don't need to cut my hair, change my look, and slash a few Bailey buddies to be relevant. That is not why I slash those Bailey buddies, those stupid Bailey buddies. Slash those Bailey buddies because that has defined me my entire career. It is how they saw me. They saw me fun and colorful, something to put a smile on their face. But what about me, Miz? Every single week I gave and I gave and I gave headbands, high fives, hugs. And all they did was take. But they didn't see who I was and what I was trying to be, a role model and a hero to make a better future and change the world. And at Hell in a Cell, when I lost my title, I was heartbroken, I was in pain, and I was crying. And was anyone there for me? No. I have put myself second my entire career to be a role model for their children. And when I needed them most, where were they? But like the role model that I am, I picked myself up and I won my title back. But again, when I walked to that locker room, do you think that there was anybody waiting there to congratulate me, to give me a big hug? No. You know, I used to think that this division lacked opportunity, but this division is lazy. This division lacks desire and lacks passion. And I used to be there. I used to try to be what they wanted me to be. But the truth is, I have outgrown them. So do you guys want some inspiration? Life sucks and then you die. <laughs>